Announcement. The revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution Podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. Hear the secrets of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game. Now here's your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Hey guys, Sonia Gomez here coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. And in today's episode, we are telling yet another incredible story from a mamapreneur who is not only passionate, but has personally experienced the transformation that is possible through natural and holistic remedies, including, but not limited to cannabis and hemp derivatives. Um, As you know, our mission here at The Hemp Revolution is to share and showcase the stories of the people who are behind the products and services that we love uh, as a part of the green rush, which is the fastest growing cash rich industry in the world. It is truly our mission to empower you with the truth about cannabis and hemp so that you can make educated, empowered decisions about how you want to manage any of this might have or treat and keep your family and friends and community healthy and happy, thriving in this incredible life that we get to live here. If you are one of those people who are out there looking for products that you can depend to deliver the results you're looking for, go ahead and check us out at medicalsecrets.com. And if you are a budding entrepreneur looking for your unique pathway into getting involved with this incredible industry and this movement that is being created around self-empowerment and natural healing, please check us out at theemeraldcircle.com for any tips, tricks, resources, or you need to transform the way that you are doing business today and every day from here on out. I'm your hostess with the most is Sonia Gomez. And let me share a little bit about our incredible guest, Miss Angela Harris, who's an internationally known master herbalist, wife and mother of nine children. God bless her. With her remarkable story, I mean, quite literally an incredibly remarkable story of recovering from lupus and cancer, Angela has become well-known for her success with herbs and skills in complementary alternative medicine. She's left the security of her successful brick-and-mortar herbal businesses to focus entirely on teaching the lost art of herbology and to empower the world with this knowledge of holistic and mother nature's medicine. Knowledge is power, which is definitely a decree that we own together. And I'm so honored and excited to introduce you guys to Miss Angela Harris. Hello, Angela. How are you? Hello. Thank you for having me on your show. I love talking about herbs. Well, I love hearing and also talking about her herbs. Um, this say, I always say that cannabis and hemp are one of uh, Mother Nature's many, many remedies. And I've, I can't wait to dive into some more of the specifics around how we can combine all of her elixirs, Mother Nature's elixirs, to improve our daily well-being. But before we get started, I'd love to hear just straight from you a little bit about your background, your family, and how you ended up in this um, education movement around holistic health. Well, I had I had an upbringing where my mom was kind of an herbalist and a vitaminist. It had been turned, it was like in the 1960s and the 1970s, and she would give us lots of vitamins kind of came out, and I had a lot of big brothers and, and herbs. I remember we used to take alfalfa tablets and all of these things, and, and I just kind of learned that. But when I had kids, I did, my first child, I decided I was going to use real medicine with a real doctor in the, 19, in the early 1980s. And so 
I ended up spending a lot of time in the emergency room with earaches and they gave me lots of pretty pink medicine and it was bankrupting my family. And so I decided to go back into the old ways. I had found a journal um, of a great, great, great grandmother who was an herbalist and knew 15 Indian dialects. In fact, one time she had Geronimo under her bed. I mean, she was a full-on herbalist. She had learned. People came from all over. And I didn't know that until I became very passionate about herbs. And once I felt the magic of herbs for myself and started to feel and and practice on my family and my kids, and, and I would see what works and what didn't work. And I, I really... Um, I really would go to these old book sales at the libraries and they'd get rid of these quack medicine books from the 1800s. And I just bought them for 10 cents and I brought them home and they had all these herbs in them and they had great information. And so I started into it and we just, and it was the thing that healed me. It's healed my family. And it became, I tell my, I, I talk about myself as kind of a born-again herbalist. I'm a a Christian also, but I'm a born-again herbalist because I just really feel it, and I want everyone to know and feel the difference. I could be, I just would, I would not be in this, doing this or talking about herbs if I didn't know how much it changed, changed people's lives, for sure. And cannabis didn't even come until later on in the cancer world, you know, for me, it, it didn't come early on in my life. And so being introduced to cannabis was definitely life changing also, but people need to remember cannabis is just one herb. It's just one herb. There are so many other herbs and guess what? Just a few, just last month, I had to change four of my formulas, um, my old formulas because they can't be produced um, because more herbs are being taken off the market, just like cannabis was. We lost chaparral. We lost comfrey. I mean, those those are like an ephedra. I mean, I could go on and on. And those are are cornerstones to my herbology and many others. And it's it's disappointing as we're doing our fight for for freeing cannabis. We're still losing herbs every month from the FDA and the USA. Well, that's not surprising considering that the FTC and the FDA are 80% funded by Big Pharma. Um, but that is another subject entirely. Well, how old were you? Pardon? I was just going to ask because, you know, going through your story and just understanding that, you know, personal transformation that you've had really resonating myself with the personal transformation that you had to go through Um you know, and now being such a powerful ambassador for holistic health, um, how old were you, and at what, and at what stage of you know um, running your family were you when you were diagnosed with lupus? When I was diagnosed with lupus, I was actually pregnant. I, no, it was before I got pregnant with my fourth baby and they really didn't know anything about lupus then they didn't know it uh, hardly anything at all and I ended up I was living in southern California the high desert and I drove down to LA to this one specialty doctor that knew what lupus was but I had like butterfly rashes and I had all the symptoms of it and what happened was with I I started to look at a holistic way of birthing because I'd had three children I was pregnant with my fourth I wasn't satisfied with uh, the medical type of birth. I needed some more natural birth situation. So I actually went to a midwife and I went to this lady and she saw the butterfly rashes and she said, and she gave me some echinacea from her garden that she'd made an extract or tincture out of. And my symptoms went away. And the weird wow. thing about it is, I mean, all of my symptoms went away. But if you Google or if you if you search for um, echinacea and lupus, all over anything that's in all over anything that's in the United States says lupus, no echinacea for lupus because it they say it stimulates it. That's not true. They think that they classify drugs as herbs and herbs as drugs, and they don't work the same. They don't work the same in the body. And so for me, all my symptoms went away, but Interestingly enough, lupus symptoms, you're not, you're recommended not to take echinacea in the United States right now. So backwards. So backwards. Yeah. So that was, 
how old was I? Let's see. Let me ask, answer that question. I was 24, I believe. You're wow. 24 years old. Yeah. Wow, incredible. Yeah, yes. Yes. My oldest is now 38 years old. And my I, my youngest is nine. Is nine uh, sorry, is 13. And I had a, a, a big split in the middle. I kind of had a, a space in between with all my children. And I have, um, it's, it's amazing to see the difference between using herbs and not using herbs in a family lifestyle. And that's really what I want people to know too, is you, you don't have to give your kids some of these synthetic things. There's lots of tricks and tips you can do to keep your kids out of the doctor's office and keep on that cycle of, of being cared for when you as mamas know intuitively what's right for your kids. We just need these tools just like, you know, um, was passed down from my ancestors. Also, we we need to be able to bring these tools back in so that we can use them confidently and use Western medicine when we need it, but not because we're desperate and we have no other options or choices. Yes. I'm going to ask you a really controversial question, and I know I'm going to get backlash from my audience about it, but I don't care because I'm really interested in the subject. Um, love you guys. <laughs> Um, but, I, but I want to ask as a mother of nine and, um, and I, I, you know, I really take science at face value. I think that, you know, a science is applicable to, you know, to give you like a baseline of what is true, but also, and I'm super grateful for the advancements in science, but I'm also slightly concerned as a parent um, about the additives that are or synthetic ingredients that are being put into things that they are readily recommending or even now requiring um, us as parents to, let's say, vaccinate or provide antibiotics for, you know, for certain conditions. And I think, you know, because of the requirement that we have as parents in our workload, that we always are looking for the for the fast fix, like, A, we can't miss work, right? So we immediately take our kid to the doctor because A, we don't want to see them suffer, but B, like we don't have the time to sit at home and quote unquote, wait it out or fight the fever or, you know, uh, wrestle with the cough or whatever it is. Um, on top of that, more and more crazy diseases are popping up all the time and kids are being diagnosed with any number of things from the moment that they come out of the womb, you know? So I chose with my first three not to vaccinate. Um, and with my fourth one, I selected delay vaccination. She's almost three. Um, I, I travel internationally quite a bit, which I want to take her with me when I start to, to do that again. Um, so there are some vaccinations that I may give her and others that I just feel so strongly that I don't want to give her at all. There's a movement right now and a pretty significant contrast between the parents who are vaccinating and the parents who are not vaccinating. And uh, this overwhelming movement within, you know, state to state where they're now legally requiring in order for your child to access even education or childcare that you have to be vaccinated. What is your opinion as a devout herbalist, what is your opinion of vaccinations? Are you pro, are you con, or is there a middle ground that you like to skate on? Here is, I am not a middle ground skater. <laughs> so I will, I have to tell you, this is volatile. And I hope everybody's listening because I don't care if you're pro-vax, anti-vax, you want every injection that they that they recommend you to do. That is your God-given right. And it is our God-given right not to vaccinate if we don't want to. And uh, Ron Paul said it should, mandatory vaccinations of any kind should send shivers up your spine. And it does mine. This is horrible. I have a friend from Russia who said, who, who in, in talking about natural health and herbs, her, her dad, her mom's a doctor and about this immunization thing over there in Russia, he, she said, we are more free in Russia than you are with this situation. And so it is a very chilling for me to be able to bring up the fact that, so, so you as a mother, 
let's let's just talk about you as a mom and and you're representing every mother in the United States of America. And you have this mother's intuition, this inspiration you have. You were born with it. There is nothing that chaps my hide more than seeing a doctor that's trying to overcome the mother's intuition on what's happening with the child. The mother's intuition is super important. And so you individually took that inspiration and chose with your older children not to vaccinate, not to vaccinate. And then your next child, you chose to vaccinate. This is America. And that is awesome. And I really applaud us being able to do that. And I can talk to you about vaccinations and what I believe about them and what I think is in them and how I get all of the leftovers. So in our, when we had our brick and mortar health food store, People would come in and we would get all the mommies and the daddies. We would get all the kids that were all broken and autistic and all those things. And the moms and dads would trail in and say they were normal until vaccinations. And there's a recent gal who came in and said, I used to mock anti-vaxxers. I used to mock them because they, um, they were uneducated. And now my son's in a coma. Yeah, it is. It is frightening. There are there's a local guy here in Las Vegas. I think he was a firefighter. He got an immunization immunization and he he can't walk. He's completely in the hospital. It's like they're raising money for him. It's there are these things and we can't ignore what's going on. But more than that, fine. If if we they everybody feels like that's the risk they want to do, but putting it mandatory is asinine and goes against everything this country stands for and what we're and what we are part of do your education but but here's the thing is when they start taking information free information with studies from bona fide doctors and bona fide scientists and moms and dads that are that are um when they start stopping the information, you can't search Google and find anti-vax information. You can't search it. You can't search on YouTube and find anti-vax information on Facebook a little bit because they've taken it all off. If they've removed it. And once you start to remove one side of the story, the other side of the story should start looking at this. We should start looking at the freedom part of this. Something is being hidden from us and something is being sold to us in the last couple of years. $4.3 billion have been paid out as shut up money to these families so that they will be quiet and they won't talk publicly about what happened to their children. Yeah. Period. I'm at those conferences. Yep. I get to, because I'm a public speaker and an advocate and I'm always going around and just like, you know, I'm in these huge public forums and I, and so to be clear, none of my kids are vaccinated. And my last one is the only one that I would, you know, consider baseline vaccinations like for instance tetanus if i were to take her to bali you know where i where i frequent doing work and so she's the only one because i i there's a chance for me to travel internationally before um you know before i ever took any of the yeah. other kids out of the country and so i agree with you back in the day it wasn't required Back in that, I have a 16-year-old, 13-year-old, and 11-year-old, and we decided as parents, um, the first three are my stepchildren, and we were very close as a family, so the three of us, you know, co-parent really well, and we decided together, like, we do not want our children to be vaccinated, so any exception that we that we could find we we took advantage of religious personal belief whatever it was and only recently you know california new york i mean all of these different states started to require vaccination for our kids to even be cared for or have access to um education and it's been such a significant fight like i literally feel myself being self-conscious about the way that i approach caring for my own family um, because people are are so left or right about it, and I uh, have to completely agree with you that once we start to lose our freedom of choice, and that's a lot of the conversation around cannabis or hemp, is that you know whether or not you're pro cannabis or hemp, you you have to 
stand for something or you're standing for nothing. And what it, which no matter what, the overwhelming theme for me is the freedom aspect of the conversation. We should have the freedom to choose how we want to approach our health care or the care of our family or how we would like to contribute value to our communities. And while we're being restricted from access from something like free for instance, or yeah. I remember at one point Echinacea was on the was on the ballot to be taken off, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. These are ancient, ancient remedies that have a, a historical record of improving healthcare for humanity, and suddenly we're going to eliminate them because something you concocted in a lab is doing it better and faster? I don't think so. What is that doing to us as a society?" It's true. And I have to tell you that echinacea, cannabis will save echinacea. I believe that. Cannabis will save echinacea. And you know how? Because when cannabis started to become legal, it started to, people started to look at this dangerous, horrible drug that was going to steal their children's souls if they, <laughs> if they, yeah, if they made it illegal. And when, and as their aches and pains and as their diseases, they started to see people's diseases and things go away. They're going, oh, cannabis isn't so bad. Oh, echinacea might need, really not be bad then. Oh, oh, what about chaparral? And so here, it, 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 cannabis conversation will change and help bust up all this thing that's happening with herbs. And I would love to talk to you about what to do with vaccinations and vaccination um, injuries for a yes, minute with I would- herbs. Yes, I would absolutely love to hear that. So what we decided to do, and I have an incredible network of just like the most, the, this, the most amazing, um, talented acupuncturists and holistic physicians and just like amazing people. I call them the Straganonas, the forest woodland people who have been (laughs) chipping bark off of trees and boiling it in water for, you know, for And I'll take that south any day. But um, what we chose to do was the holistic, you know, the holistic vaccination, these little remedies that you put underneath, um, that you put underneath their tongues and stuff. So that's what we chose to do. But I would love to hear your thoughts on that because it is such a controversial subject and it really starts at the core, right? I mean, so many people, so many people now are, you know, the baby boomers is the fastest growing uh, user fastest growing demographic of people transitioning into cannabis or hemp, and those same people, um, the baby boomers, are looking back and saying, "Man, if I only knew that this would have worked so well back then, I would have tried it a lot sooner." So, I don't want to be yeah. personally, and I'll just talk about myself, you know, separate from from representing mothers and intuition and all of that, which I'm I'm happy to stand for as well, but. Just to speak for my own voice, I myself do my best to make decisions so that I don't look back on my life with any regret. And that sometimes that means taking bigger risks or or having bigger arguments, but at least I'm standing in my truth and I feel right with God about it. And so, yes, absolutely. Let's, let's, I want to hear your thoughts about herbal um, approach and uh, vaccination injuries. Yes, I, I really vaccination, even if you, you're going to go get a vaccination, but you don't want to get the side effects from it and you want to handle it. I had a daughter that was going out of the country and she needed some immunizations and she had never had immunizations and she was, uh, 21 years old. And so, uh, we, she just, we just gave her lots of alfalfa, uh, barley, um, and wheatgrass, you just like lots, lots of it, like all the greens you can think of because the chlorophyll helps absorb it. And then, and so that and clay, just regular old clay in water, charcoal, those are things that you can do. But also that is, that's if you're having like a regular vaccination, like regular vaccination. Also, um, if you would juice the leaves of the cannabis plant, it also binds to those toxins and helps remove those some of those toxins from the body. Um, also, for and now for vax injured kids, we have seen amazing things happen when mamas will give their kids 
um, and and complete complete reversal of symptoms of autism, complete reversal where where these kids didn't even have a voice. They then they were violent and all this stuff was going on, and their mama started giving them herbs, and so it they it was um, it is char. Uh, um, sorry, that greens that I was talking about, alfalfa, barley, you can usually get it in a powder form and alfalfa, barley, wheatgrass is so important. Then the, then the herbs, hops, valerian and wild lettuce, those are huge for helping to the kind of, um, recenter the nervous system that sometimes gets attacked. Also clove oil, putting clove oil on the feet at night helps the body pull out the heavy metals that have happened through there. And I have no idea how that works. No idea. But <laughs> I that people have brought before and after tests on their heavy metals to me, and I've seen it multiple times. And wow. so they put clove oil on the feet. Then we also, uh, we give them something called floral calcium. It's a, it's a mineral supplement that that helps them recenter, recenter everything that's kind of off. Also herbs like ginkgo and gata cola for the brain. And there's another formula. We lovingly call it happy juice. It's made, but you can just, um, it, you, it's just the main ingredients are St. John's wort and wild lettuce and some, and, um, the St. John's wort helps to reset the brain back. And so literally it takes usually about a year or so, but they start to see it with a super high nutrition that how the body can reset and balancing the hormones with red raspberry leaves. They can use soft palmetto. They can use Damiana, down five. They can use all kinds of herbs and, and, and don't get stuck on the herbs that I'm saying, just look up herbs for yourself or you can, or because there are so many different herbs out there for hormone balancing and for getting nutrition into the body. Just take an herb. There's an old saying that take an herb, any herb, because it's going to be a nutrient you're not used to having. And so this is really important because there are so many back injured kids and um, and adults where we really need to be juicing these cannabis leaves because that's one of the ways that we can help reverse and reset the brain. The brain. And nobody juices them. They throw the leaves away. In fact, in Nevada, it's illegal for them to not destroy it because it's supposed to be toxic waste. I can't even get a glass of juice out in Las Vegas, and there's dispensaries everywhere. And I know. Be fresh leaves. I had a friend, and before the pro, before I jumped on the cannabis movement, I re, I had a friend who said she went to Columbia, and her her mother-in-law had a cannabis plant right on the front porch, and she got Montezuma's Revenge where she had upset tummy and diarrhea and everything. <laughs> and they they gave her uh they gave her a cannabis leaf to chew up and a tea and she went and laid down and it was gone when she got up. It's like a live plant, a live first aid plant. And so even though um and I, I really believe everybody should have them in their own houses and people who are doing business in the cannabis hemp industry don't be afraid for legalization of people to grow their own and things like that. This plant is hard to grow. It's a specialty. I mean, it, it, and let the cream run to, rise to the crop, rise to the top, and just be great at what you do. And and I want to talk to the to the um, hemp and cannabis people out there because honestly, how do I bring my 85 year old mom and dad into a dispensary? There's naked women on the walls. There's weed leaves on the wall. There's all these things that make her, make them go into trauma. You can't take these conservative, even baby boomers. If you want to be able to um, get it, take it out of the Stone Age, please stop making it look like that. Because I get tired of trying to send my mom to a cannabis website that has naked ladies on it with weed in their crutch. I'm like, because the advertisements are up at the top. It's like, let's just make it so that we're able to, if you guys want to really bust it out and get the money from the baby boomers for your great products and great cannabis, just the, the great things that you're doing by putting the CBD and THC stuff out there. Well, don't just, don't just gear it towards the, towards people who've been using cannabis their whole life. Gear it towards people who have never used cannabis. And that's where, 
that's where the money is. That's where the business is. And that's what I've been begging these dispensaries. I'll walk in and I'm just like, come on, could you guys clean it up a little or something? And so for me, it's a little bit disappointing because I want the industry to, I want so many people to benefit from cannabis that I, I get frustrated when, when the people who own the cannabis business just get stuck in selling to the people who already know about cannabis. It took me forever. I begged people. I begged for four years for somebody to do FECO, full extract cannabis oil, or the Phoenix Tears, whichever you call it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I begged for four years, and nobody would do it. There's no money in it. There's no money in it. And finally, they started to do, to do it after they got lots more money in. But in the meantime, people were having to go to California and all over the place trying to find, going under underground to try and find this. And these were sick people that were coming to my door. I'm kind of involved with the with the with the what's called the carpool, the cannabis carpool coming from Utah. They used to just show up at my doorstep by the droves, trying to find legal cannabis before it was legal anywhere. Even even um, it was legal here, but they just couldn't find it because they had closed the dispensaries. And so that's where I really got to see how the need of these patients and. If you gear towards them, it's so much better for your business, I believe. Yeah, I agree. When we, so we were a part of legislative development here in Colorado. We sat on the voluntary committee with the Department of Revenue and just got to, you know, share with them from, from experience, you know, being living in California, what it was really like and what those key considerations were and who were the folks that were benefiting from it most. And, um, you know, we called them medical refugees, the people who were leaving their hometowns, the people who were uprooting their families, whether it was from, you know, for the weekend or whether they were making a permanent transition into Colorado, folks needed access to quality cannabis um, for any number of things. And our store was really creating and providing a familial not familiar, but familial, a family type environment where one could come in, feel safe to take a load off and get, you know, a cup of tea. And I have a conversation that was, you know, from an educated professional who was able to represent the pros and the cons and, you know, the true effects that you could experience. And how much time did should you give a, um, a, a remedy like this to really take action and, and start to transform the way that you were feeling and the symptoms you were suffering from. And, um, it was, it was such a major contrast, uh, from the dispensaries who were like on Broadster, for for instance, which is like this street here in Colorado where in Denver, where there's like a dispensary every third, you know, thousand feet or whatever. And, um, you know, there there's, the counter, the cannabis counterculture, purple and green everywhere, neon lights, you know, all, all these glowing bongs. There's, you know, a smoke shops everywhere. It's a little bit more of an, uh, quote unquote, what they call an up and coming neighborhood, <laughs> but it yeah. always felt so. I, I love that. I love that they do that kind of like, I love that you did yours and then they did theirs. And I love that. I love that you're able to represent both. At the time we were trying to with our, find our patients, we couldn't, we couldn't find anything like your little shop where they could just get some information. There was nothing. They were all shut down. I so know. I, re- I really, really love that that's the kind of shop that you did because it really speaks to really somebody who's not feeling well, who needs to who needs some help and to be lifted. And really that's what we're here on earth for is to lift others, right? Yeah. Well, the challenge was, is that the counter, the cannabis counterculture were blowing finance, finances and revenues out of the water. They were Uh, selling the most, they were, you know, hitting the quote unquote recreational crowd pretty heavy. And, um, you know, so it was really tough to compete with because they you know, from a business perspective, it was really challenging to compete with. And um, even though we were doing, you know, just fine, it was, we always would run out of product. I mean, our store was unique in the sense that it was small. We had, um, we had a set variety of strains that were like at the absolute highest quality. It was like Don Perignon 
um, level. I mean, we, we used to sell the um, bags of, um, you know, one or two ounces of water leaves for juicing in our, in the little refrigerator. That's so, awesome. I love that. Yeah. So but we're from California. Like it was, it was a part of a daily thing to, you know, even tear off the bottom buds before the, you know, before they were fully mature. Um, you, we would, you know, strip off the bottom buds with the water leaves and throw it into a, into a juicer with, you know, celery juice and all of the other things. And man, it's, it's the elixir of life. You know, it's like such powerful medicine. Um, but over here, there was a lot more restrictions on how you could diversify the offerings from the plant. And I can't agree with you more that it's really like a living remedy. The closer that you, and they're discovering that now that the mother cannabinoids like CBG, CBN, the um, THCA, the, you know, the, all of the plant acids or the flavonoids, terpenes, especially CBD are more accessible before the buds are at, of the flower are actually mature. And so there's a whole movement now happening with where they're just, you know, pulling the plants before they're fully mature, flash freezing, and then extracting them. It's a really cool evolution. And I think science is going to show more and more that, you know, different stages and phases of growth of the plant are going to offer a different user experience and create benefit um, for different ailments in the body. And I'm really excited to see how science is uncovering um, you know, those facets of this particular remedy. Cause I think it's, you know, that's one thing that we don't have is the quote unquote case studies or science to support the things that feel most natural to us as holistic herbal advocates, um, or even folks who have personally experienced that transformation. Share with me a little bit about your, uh, about your journey with cancer. What kind of cancer were you diagnosed with? at what point in your life and how did you, how did you manage even the diagnosis, let alone your treatment? Well, I don't like to talk a lot about the cancer and I'll keep it as um, general as I can. I'll give you, because um, it is illegal in the United States to say that your cancer went away in any way other than chemotherapy. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yes, I absolutely know. Yeah. Okay. So um, here, so I had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma symptoms when I was 27 years old. I was six wow. months pregnant with my sixth child. Wow. They told me I had a lump under my arms, under in my neck, in my groin. And they said that I had three months to live if I didn't do chemo and a year to live if I did. Wow. So I just wanted to help you. That, that was, uh, uh, let's see, 25 years ago, 20, uh, 30 years, almost 30 years ago. And, uh, and I didn't, and you couldn't, they couldn't keep babies alive for very long. And so I didn't want them to take my baby. And so I just decided to start doing herbs like crazy. Now I had done herbs for cold symptoms and flu symptoms and cough symptoms and all the little stuff around my house, but I had never dug in really big. And so at this point I changed my diet. I, I did, um, affirmations, Louise Hay stuff. I did, I did all the internal work on it. And, uh, my can I had a healthy baby and then my cancer went away. I did end up having cancer again about uh, 10 years ago, a uterine cancer. And then I also, but I, I then again did not have surgery or did not have any, do any chemicals. I just did natural. And then also I've had some skin stuff going on too, but always I'm not, I don't choose to, do that particular chemical or whatever that particular procedure that they want me to do usually because I feel like I have faith in other things and but it that goes down to the freedom thing it not everybody I know who has cancer um can cure it with cannabis my husband passed away two years ago from cancer and I and I used to believe before that that everyone who died from cancer just didn't know know about herbs I believed it and then I watched my husband pass away and it was like trying to stop an avalanche. And once, and so that's the thing is people say, oh, will it cure me? Will it, I don't know, but I do know it's the quality of life is so much better. 
I have a dear friend who took a pin up to Utah, who up to Utah to her, his dying dad, the last three days of his life. And he and his brother and his dad sat and laughed and had a conversation that they never would have had if they hadn't had that cannabis medicine to be able to help them relax. And it, when they were so grateful for it and it was against everything they believed in, it was completely against all of their belief system, but it shifted them and it changed them because of the experience they had. It's not necessarily just about saving lives. It's about the quality of life. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. And my stepmother right now, who is, um, so I'll give you just a little backstory and why this like just hit me right in the belly when you shared your diagnosis with me. Um, my father is a liver transplant survivor of almost 20 years, um, which is almost unheard of in the medical field. Their life expectancy yeah. is somewhere between seven and 11 years um, max. And my dad is thriving. Um, a few years ago, he had to, un- he had to endure a kidney transplant, which my stepmother ended up donating her kidney to my father to save his life. So, I mean, how much closer to God do you want to be? This woman is just like the epitome of incredible. And I'm so lucky to have her a part of our family. Um, you know, I firmly believe her contribution has, is what has kept my father alive and thriving and, and well. Um, but 14 months after she donated her kidney to my dad, she was diagnosed with stage two non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and very similar. The doctors immediately went into emergency mode and said there, you know, we can't guarantee that you're going to live a year if you don't aggressively treat this cancer. And not only is it putting, you know, your life in danger, but you know, it's, it's putting your only working kidney in danger. And it was, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was very, very significant. Um, the way that they, you know, tried to alarm her into action with their recommended plan. And we, you know, we're, we're very, I don't necessarily claim a quote unquote religion, but I'm, we, we as a family are extremely spiritual. We were raised with native American Indians, um, part, a, a lot of my health and well being I attribute to the use of peyote, um, as a, as a sacrament as, and as a part of our, um, you know, uh, spiritual practice and, um, you know, she, we, we had a series of ceremonies for her and prayer circles, um, praying for her life. And she chose it with absolute clarity and consciousness to approach her well-being, um, and, and, uh, quote unquote treatment totally holistically. So she went to this place called the Optimum Health Institute down in Texas, um, or OHI, which is famous for helping people transition into a 100% plant-based diet. And for the last, I think, four and a half, almost five years now, um, maybe more, I'm almost completely lost track of time. For for this time period, since her diagnosis, I, I like to say she is thriving with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. She it heard immediately experienced when she transitioned into this plant-based diet and, you know, intravenous vi- uh, vitamins and, you know, um, uh, stem cell. I mean, all of these just incredible treatments. She experienced a 20% reduction in the size of her tumor. Um, and she, I mean, she looks younger than she's ever looked. She, has more energy than she's ever had. I mean, the lady is incredible. So shout out to you, Celia, because you are a beaming light and example. And she, she, you know, occasionally uses CBD and you know has tried, uh, you know, cannabis here and there. But the the power of plants, period. The the power of Mother Nature's remedies and the mindset of being well. That's one of the things that is a huge takeaway for her is that her quality of life is better than it was when she was quote unquote, without a diagnosis or, or what the medical field would call her healthy. 
today with the diagnosis, you know, and one kidney and, and a, you know, two full-time jobs and running this crazy, you know, this whole thing, she's gorgeous, high energy, healthy, happy, thriving, positive contributor to her community. And it's incredible to watch. And she told me like being well, my dad says the same thing. Well has to do with how well you believe you can be and your mindset around self-aware care, your awareness of yourself and how you can and how you can consciously consider what your body needs and wants outside of the quote unquote quick fix is, is such a shift. And I have another aunt who treats people globally with FETCO. Um, you know, people come from all over the world to get access to her medicine. And she's had about an 80% success rate with either eliminating cancer or, um, or greatly increasing the quality of life and extending the, the lifespan of somebody with a, with a quote unquote, um, diagnosis of that nature. And she always says like, listen, from the day that we are born, we become a bag of disintegrating cells and we just have to decide how we're going to live or die in, in this life. And we either live to thrive or we live to survive. And it's a very, and it's the mentality around that and how you choose it. Yes. Mother nature has all of these things. Yes. The medical system has all of these things, but every single day pills or no pills herbs or no herbs, you have to have a mentality that allows you to thrive and instead of survive. And absolutely, I got to tell you, that's such a powerful piece of advice. How do you, what are some of the challenges that you face when working with clients who come to you, who perhaps are not as well versed or don't necessarily have the full faith that quote unquote, holistic remedies can, can change their fate. Um, how, how well, do you help shift their mentality so that they can be more accepting or trusting of the methods they're going to try? Well, I have tried everything because I am all about having people not suffer. I don't want people to suffer. And so if there's anything going on, I'm like the first person to say, Oh, take this, try this. And, and, And when somebody doesn't do it, it used to be so disheartening for me because I knew it would help. But then I really started, you know, listening, really realizing how the body works and it works through intention. And uh, if you listen to Bruce Lipton and he talks about the biology of belief and your belief system, I don't, I really don't want to waste the herbs on somebody who doesn't believe in them because, because they're not going to work as well. They're, they're just not going to work as well. They're, there's energy in these herbs, and when you connect in with the energy of the herbs, it, it comes into your body and it changes things. And so this is a huge, so I'm just, I just say try one herb. Just take one herb, just take one herb formula, take one herb, herb um, experience, eat one thing and see and try that. And then move on to the other thing and then move on to the next herb. Because if they don't have faith in the herbs, it's okay. They need to go and do the things that they have faith in. And, but there's so many of us who can't, don't even have faith in herbs because we don't know. If you don't know about the herbs, why do you care that chaparral just got, got um, taken off the market? It is an incredible herb that has been passed down for generations. And guess what? It, it, it's been, there's been some studies showing that it, it can help with cancer symptoms. And so it's too strong for us to help. So they pulled it off the market. And, but guess what? Why do you care? You, why should anybody listening care? Because they don't know about it. That's why we're teaching Herb U, which includes cannabis, chaparral, and hundreds of other herbs, because we want you guys to know these herbs and care about them so that we can get them legal again. Just and it, and every herb. Can you imagine if every herb that's been pulled off the market, dozens of them in the last few years, have been pulled off the market, and there's only six people in 20 years that have died from natural medicine that they can attribute to just natural medicine. Six people in 20 years, and they're still pulling these these herbs off the market and only making them by prescription only, and it's horrible. And we're just sitting by. And can you imagine if we 20 herbs, we have to fight the way 
fighting with cannabis to be able to get them legal. Oh, it's uh, it's overwhelming. So that's why we started our HerbU because at HerbU.org, we want to be able to educate you. We want you to know what to do. We don't want you to expect to go to somebody in a white coat to tell you what you need to do because that's not their specialty. You're, we should have this as as simple as apples and oranges, just part of our life. And that's that's my goal. And our goal at HerbU is to be able to educate the masses so that so that you'll know why we should care about comfrey or, or, or cannabis or chaparral. Yes. Love that. Um, tell me a little bit about, and I'm, I'm going through your website right now. It's absolutely beautiful and super informative. And it looks like you have, um, a, a full panel of, of things that you offer. I'm really interested to know more about the, um, workshops and events that you're doing. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I have some workshops. I just started teaching classes again. I've taken um, a few years off, but I really love getting hands-on teaching classes, helping people feel that hope. And so I I have some classes scheduled for the beginning of the year. And then I think I've got even a herbal first aid kit um, class, just a simple one locally that I'm doing. But we'll be doing some online things. And almost all, we've spent 10 years videotaping all of these classes and put them together and um, needed to be able to transfer out of our brick and mortar to be able to do this because it's illegal in the United States to teach about herbs and to sell them. Not many people know that. So that's why we, we are the third party. We're the one that says, no, these studies are right here. And, and here's the information. My cannabis, my cannabis chapter of Herbu has, I think, 56 pages of study after study after study and synopsis of the study. So, and it, we haven't even updated those studies in five years. They're, they're, they're ones that I pulled out of the deep dive of the internet really obscure ones. And so if you want to go on herbview.org and the cannabis one, you can look up all of those obscure ones and there's tons of study. And so they can't say there's not any studies. We've done ultimate studies. There's way more studies on all of these herbs. Germany has been studying for years. We, with Israel. I, I, oh my God. I, yeah. When I come, well, and, and Germany has been studying all the other herbs. All the other herbs, they have a German Commission E because they, they prescribe more, more of those than they, do, than they do medicine over there. And so it's really, there's lots of information out there. And what is recommended for herbs in the United States is not, is, is, is completely, we're scared to death of herbs and all these cautions in the United States, but other countries, they're completely telling these, this research and this information is just fully out there. And cannabis needs this is really a freedom issue. And as you know, doing this podcast, doing the work that you do, it's all about freedom. And we need to be looking forward to keeping, to keeping herbs from falling off the market again so that we lose, don't lose these valuable resources like we lost cannabis. When I first found out that they knew about cannabis, the government knew about cannabis in the 70s, while, they, while we were in the middle of Ronnie Reagan and Nancy Reagan's D.A.R.E. program when I was in ch- a child, I'm, then they knew about cancer then, and they, didn't, they patented then in the Nixon administration. I was, I was furious. I had to do anger therapy on myself because I couldn't believe people would be that horrible when they saw the ma- that horrible about hiding that information from the masses. And because so many people have suffered, it's like they didn't care about the suffering that was happening in America. It's just, it was mind blowing to me. So your work is so important because even though my, I had experiences where my cancer symptoms went away, went away um, without cannabis. Also, they went away faster with cannabis. And when I saw the cannabis, how cannabis worked with cancer, when all of these people with wigs and sick people would show up at my door every single day for four years, I was bombarded in this carpool coming from Utah because they didn't know where else to go. They it was crazy that that the suffering that they're going through and and nobody cared they didn't and it's it should be a huge wake up for everybody on freedom you should just be voting for as free as we can be because because it's 
it's disturbing what has happened with the freedom and, and with this plant. That's an excellent slogan. <laughs> as free as well, we can be. That's like, that's such an yeah. extra excellent slogan. Um, yeah. Tell, tell me where, um, where people can find you as, as, as we are coming to an end in this interview, I would love to just hear what are, um, let's start with what are three key pieces of advice that you can offer somebody who, um, would be considering, you know, transitioning from, you know, traditional medicine into holistic care. Be brave. Put your fears away and just have faith and step into it. These are plants that God has put on the earth to help us heal and nourish and nurture our body. And I don't care what's going on in your body. There's a plant for that. There's an herb for that. You can heal it. Our body is made to heal. Now, let me, it's not the plants. The plants are not making you heal. It's your body using these special nutrients to be able to heal your body. Your body does the healing, not the plants. Your body knows how to do it. And so if you give it enough nutrients, your body will heal itself. And so there's an old saying, take an herb, any herb. If you're not, if whatever's in your cupboard, it's going to be some bitter, sour, a pungent herb that they don't taste what good. Most of them don't taste good. And so, so you're going to not normally have that taste in your, in your diet. So take it and try it and start moving that direction and looking at what other people are doing with it and educating other people. So once the herbs work for you, I believe you have a responsibility because this lost knowledge is all, was almost taken away from us. Your responsibility to tell somebody about Slibrium, to tell somebody about Chaparral, to tell somebody about um, cannabis, to tell somebody about some peppermint tea, something so that we can, when we alleviate suffering from the world, we become better people and we do better things for each other. And then we can really come together as a community in the United States and the world because we're better, we're healthier and we're happier. It's our responsibility to share it with others. I absolutely love that piece of advice. Tell everyone where they can find you if they want to know more information or get in contact with you to do some further work. Um, herbu.org, H-E-R-B-U.org. There's tons of free stuff there. So it's, um, it is, there's so much free information on there. You can sign up, become a part of us. We are assembling one million herbalists so that we can take those million herbalists to Washington, D.C. and free our herbs before they're gone too long. It would have been way easier to put cannabis back on the market when they first pulled it off the market, right? When they first made it illegal, it would have been much easier to put back on the market, but they built a whole story around it, and we had to topple the whole story of cannabis. The same thing is going to happen with comfrey, chaparral, these other herbs that are taken out. Do you know aloe vera? And I don't know if I mentioned aloe vera and alfalfa are on the danger list. And so it's absurd that this is happening. But the work that's being done in cannabis is mighty. And it's being done to save and alleviate the discomfort of people everywhere. And it is an important work. So whoever's growing, whoever's making elixirs, whoever's putting concoctions together, making oils, whoever's in this industry, they are doing humanity a favor. And so make sure your stuff is clean and pure without chemicals because you're changing the world. Cannabis is going to free echinacea and the other herbs and free us from the tyranny of the medical industrial complex that's taken over our lives. Such, such incredible words of wisdom and what an incredible movement. I can't, I'm going to be really excited to promote that. And for those of you guys who are listening, who either are herbalists or um, holistic health practitioners or know somebody who is in your network, uh, please reach out and um, at herb, you, the letter U, herb, you, 
org um, and see how you can participate in this incredible movement. And it really is a group effort. I'm going to throw some some uh, sugar on this, what, what I call in this segment, the words of wisdom. And most often I'm speaking to business owners, but today I get to speak to the, I, I get to speak to the people. So my people, <laughs> listen, uh, if you are, um, or even business owners who are faced with skepticism when talking to people in your family or community, um, or even customers who may walk into your store or send you an email and correspond with you in regards to the remedies that you're offering. Um, first of all, I want to just acknowledge you in the confidence that you have, the courage that you have, the bravery that you're showing in being a part of this incredible industry. It has been alive for million, for you know, tens of thousands of years, and um, there are decades and decades of education and information that should and could otherwise defer you and keep you afraid of participating in this space. But instead, you are a brave soul who is standing up for your rights and your freedoms. And on behalf of those who need it most are creating commerce or business and becoming a positive contributor and beacon of light of hope and possibility that there is another way. It's not only one way or one size fit all that there, you are a representative of the alternative um, that we still as, as human beings have a choice and opportunity to empower ourselves and decide how we want to approach our well-being and the well-being of our families and loved ones and community. So first of all, I want to just acknowledge you guys for being those brave souls and literally putting everything that you have into this every single day. Now, when you are faced with adversity or questions or concerns from the customers that you are serving, um, you have to make sure that you have well thought out, well prepared information that someone can digest and understand. Most people are thinking at a first grade to fifth grade level about their health and well-being and have trusted in the advice of their doctors for so long that we haven't even exercised our brains um, enough to be able to make an educated or empowered decision. So having something physical or a directory that you can send people to that will give them that type of information that will allow them to become self-educated and what I will say self-conscious conscious of oneself and how they want to um, approach self-aware care um, is so, so important. If you do not have printable materials or if you do not have resources, you can check us out at medicalsecrets.com. There's a whole series of um, uh, PubMed is another really powerful uh, resource for you. And and there is just tons of information on medicalsecrets.com that you can refer back to that uh, that has been created by folks in Israel or doctors here who are actively working with tens of thousands of patients um, every single year using cannabis and hemp as a part of their um, treatment plans and care regimens. Uh, so please, please, even if you do not know the answers yourself, have the resources available to the people who are asking the questions. Second is CBD and cannabis is not a one size fits all. It is one of many ingredients that you must incorporate into your daily life in order to thrive and get out of survival mode. It's a tough transition, but it's worth every single second. And if you understand that you, in order to achieve quote unquote homostasis, um, you know, CBD alone is not going to do it. You really have to look at diet. You have to look at mindset. You have to look at daily practice. What are our habits? And really try to make refinements in each one of those areas so that we can manage our stress better, increase the amount of sleep that we're getting, you know, um, in, improve the quality of our relationships and connections with people. And, you know, those things start to come into balance and, and reduce the angst and really contribute to um, the the, the beauty and, and our ability to, to see and experience the beauty that life has to offer us all the time. And then the final thing that I will say is that build a business with purpose from a place of passion. And that's how you will effortlessly 
actually design and attract the abundance or profitability of anything that you are doing. Sure, there's tons of tactical ways to do that. And in the other podcast episodes, we talk about some of those tactical ways to do that. But it, you know, it starts with um, it starts with a purpose, solving a direct problem and being really passionate about being able to provide that solution. Um, and then from there, you will automatically be able to build profit in your company. Profitability in a business is only a reflection of the value that you are bringing into a marketplace and the amount of leverage that you have to bring that value uh, consistently into that marketplace. And it all stems from trust. So those are my words of wisdom for the day. Thank you so much for this incredible interview today. I'm just so incredibly honored to have you here, Angela, um, and, and to hear your perspective and to share your wisdom with us. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really, it's, it really is all about uh, quality of life and helping people feel better. So thank you for that advice on, on business. I am a business owner and and it really is about connecting with people and what you're passionate about. I love all these entrepreneurs. You know that 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 over 50% of America is entrepreneurs, small businesses, and so we are they lifeblood of of America. I agree. God, God bless America, and God bless us. God bless us, the 50% of us who are out there pioneering and fighting the good fight. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we wouldn't have it any other way. Surely not. Hey, guys, thank you so much for the, for joining us on today's episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Um, if you are someone looking for brands and products that you can depend to transform your life, please feel free to check us out at medicalsecrets.com for some recommendations on products you can trust to deliver the results you are looking for. If you are a budding entrepreneur or existing business owner and you need help in marketing, advertising, increasing revenue, tools, tricks, resources, um, relationships, anything that you could be looking for to break through the, the inevitable glass ceilings that come along with running and growing and building a business in the cannabis and hemp space, please feel free to check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. I'm your host, Sonia, and this is The Hemp Revolution. We'll see you on our next show, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. We took notes on this episode for you, along with all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Get them free on the show notes page here at www.medicalsecrets.com. If you love this show and our content, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really want to help us get the message out there, please rate, review, and tell all your friends. With your help, we can continue to reach the world with our message. And until next time, we hope you join the hemp revolution. And we challenge you to dream big and love the life you live.